0: Hello listeners and welcome back to another episode of Quote Unquote with KK. The Pride Month is over and incidentally, the current year's Pride theme was about rage and resilience, which reflects the present worldwide context with which the rise of anti-LGBTQ AI policies and laws are getting framed. And obviously, this is also a special and important year for India. The government, the Supreme Court and many other regulatory bodies are trying to bring in the pride community into the main well things are not just all about having a pride month in your offices and pride march there's a lot that has to be addressed and this podcast today could go on touching on various aspects of the lgbtq community not just in india but globally and to discuss all of these i have invited a very special guest who has been a national and an international speaker her life journey has been very motivating in fact she is now going to be featuring in a OTT series as well. I would love to invite Daniela Mendoza who is a national and international speaker. She has represented United Nations in 2014 and she is the first Intersect Indian TEDx speaker along with a silver medal from the Mumbai University in Social Work. She is also the first individual from the LGBT community to be awarded the Vidyarthi Bharatiya Ratna Award for Academy. Daniela speaks in various communities and at corporate events and is a very strong advocate for the LGBT community. She's not just an inspiring leader, uh, she has actually motivated a lot many people of different ages across the globe as well. She has been covered by The Week magazine in India and also has spoken on forums like The Economist, Time event in Hong Kong, Salzburg event in Nepal, Amplifly in Taiwan, Miles of Life, in Australia, her life mission is to create inclusive and safe spaces for all genders to create equal world with equal opportunity. She has been playing a very inspirational role, working with the government of India to frame policies and regulations as well. Her story "Ek Ish, Esa Bi" and "Ladka Hua Ya Ladki" has got thousands of likes and views across the globe, and it is featured on YouTube. You'll find the links as well on our podcast. So, welcome Daniela to our podcast today. Thank the you team so is much. Growing With Our Pride Positive. I'd like to start with the story and you have related to me your life story. So I would love to get those turning moments of your life journey for our listeners that has inspired not just you but many other people that you have related your life journey to. So
1: I think one of the things that's more important to me with this life journey is treating people equally and that has always been the core implementing power of how do we treat people just because we do not understand understand specific things that maybe we do not hear and see about or or in a very simple language we could say that just treating somebody as human being becomes so much difficult on subjects when you do not want to talk about when you don't when we hear so many myths and stereotypes about the lgbtiqa plus community or whether women who are working with sex work or some kind of disability that maybe a human mind is not able to fathom and because of that we start putting various names or in other words labels for people so when labels were given to me or when labels like Hijra, Chakka, Baila, are good, and you know in many regional languages you can use them in other other languages but when these labels were given to me the first question that arrived to me is is, is being different so bad and that is where the journey started of making different look normal making, making labels look like yes I own those labels but I'm not ashamed of those labels and that's how my journey of being who I am today has begun with a fight of getting equal place and equal opportunity for all in no matter whichever spaces we live in. You put up
0: very, very important point of labeling. And I wanted to bring up one, you know, issue here. You see, there is this Kapil Sharma show and there are people who are cross-dressing and they make, you know, jokes on their bodies and appearances. And at large, it, it's a large influence and they promote the stigma against the LGBTQ community. Obviously, you know, it's a show. It's for entertainment, but I would love to understand some of the social cultural issues because of these sort of entertainment and other shows that promote these sort of images that you may have faced. And I know that you have shared some incidents also to me. Can you share some of those incidents for our listeners? And the moot point here is how do we sensitize the masses
1: about it? So uh, you're absolutely right, Kapil, when we talk about labeling, right? Because a lot of industry, if you look at how our film industry has progressed through Throughout the years. The LGBTQ community in the past or in the or in the entertainment industry, the before the 90s, was a symbol of uh, Bobby Darling being into place and, and the way the roles were divided, and you know, they were mostly shown the LGBTQ community, especially was shown as to be sexist, uh, or someone who's always thinking about sex or just wants to have only sex and nothing else in life, as as there's no importance. They were always giving downgrading roles to play, uh, downgrading roles to play, or roles that were mostly related to singing or begging on this. It is only with the evolution of the film industry, the entertainment industry. Today, we have beautiful movies that talk about LGBTQ people and their rights and, and what being a lesbian, gay, transgender looks like or the very recent movie, Tali, that, spoke, that speaks about a life of a transgender person in a whole. And there has been labeling of making fun because a time a man wears a sari, it automatically becomes a matter of joke. It automatically becomes a matter of, of funny things because we are trained in a way where we say that if you're a man you cannot cry and these are your roles the job defining of what a male can do and what a female can do and there is no such job role defining what a transgender can do or what what an affinite man can do and what a trans man and trans woman can do and so we become easy to molestation we become easy of making fun of just to choose to be who we want to be in so when shows that make fun of body parts or dress up like women these are the shows who will be also very scared to take transgender active actors to have a role and play and when the time we talk about representation they would of course go out and a man can become a woman and a woman can become a man but in daily life that same way is taken that when I choose to dress the way I am I'm made fun of I've seen it something as a joke I've seen something that is weaker to the larger section of the society and that's what exactly what I want to say is that me wearing a sari does not make me weak me wearing a sari does not make me a part of your joke me wearing a sari does not has to do anything about you feeling comfortable it is my body it is my complete right to be who i want to be and moreover it is my decision of how i see myself in the mirror and not your perception
0: well said and i do not know how large is the lgbtq population in india i'm told their estimates is about three percent around 30 to 35 million adult population and they are very far and dispersed and obviously their voice is not well united otherwise you know or there could have been defamation cases as well as a cohort uh, on these sort of shows and people who have used this sort of medium in shows and films in degrading and insulting the people around. Why don't you think this is not possible in India? Had it been in the US, obviously there would have been lawsuit uh, at that point in time. And publicly uh, the producer and the people who have made these sort of statements would have actually had to publicly apologize or pay penalties. Why is this not happening uh, what is so
1: wrong in not getting this whole community unified uh, in India what's holding it back so Kapil one of the thing is that it has taken years for us to fight and get a NALSA judgment which came just lately in 2014 due to okay. colonization impact on us we kept the 1860 law that spoke about that being LGBTIQ or in other words having not having natural way of sex when you mean that you know the natural way is only penis and vagina and nothing then penis and nothing else or no anal no moral was considered to be a part of this and therefore the homosexuality community became prone to that law where they could get harassed and it took us 150 years to get a law out of the court to say that you know we are legal human beings and it is my right under article right to freedom of speech right to choose right to privacy i, I am entitled to do whatever i want to do in the closet of my bedroom i do not need permission and that lately coming in 2018 and now is the five years down the line on this very September, you're going to complete five years of um, getting the law get away with us. And then in 2019 is the recently where we got the transgender bill. The, the is- Yes. And the issue over here is that defamation cases lawsuit. We know as a country it takes us time to get just. When still today it takes 200 days or maybe whatever, whatever amount of days to file a case on Manipur, on women going naked and violent, I am still far away of the right that I'm asking. When women in this country till date do not get a right or our ministers or anybody who's in charge or may the police treats women in such a bad way irrespective of what has happened you must imagine the amount of violence that we could go through and we are still not reporting it is the only reason because the fear of getting even discriminated in a police station and that's been my case i was raped by 11 men at Bandra station and while i was raped put in the hospital instead of receiving help i became a part of a fun making process where where the police made fun of me where the doctors made fun of me and and that fear of going to a police station and seeking for help does not lie within me because for me i do not have anybody in a police station who understands me or i don't have a transgender police i don't have an openly gay police i don't have an openly gay or openly trans um i would say in another word a parliamentary member so you imagine on a 75 years of independence me being a citizen of this country which lately in 2014 even i was recognized as a citizen being born here i was recognized as a citizen in 2004 with a separate ID card. In that country of 75 years of independence, I have not made it as a, or my community has never made it as a parliamentary member, Lok Sabha member or whatsoever in the parliament. It's a such a long way to fight till now to go there and to take a seat, secure a seat and then talk about politics. I'm
0: sorry to hear about your personal ordeal and I'm sure it definitely has wide impact on you, your family and the way you look at society society per se. But I have seen you also, the other side of you, you have actually been organizing pride community uh, meetings and marches in the offices. You have reacted to and contributed very positively to the pride moment uh, here. I've seen you that you see in my growing up years, you know, it was very hush hush and oh, he's this and that's all. We would not even interact or we would not even uh, want to make friends with people and stuff like that. How do you think in? I'm talking about 40 years now. I mean, in my own personal life, I'm talking about, how do you think we have come far in recognizing the pride community and are they getting more inclusive into our society and our systems? Or we are still, uh, as you have just said, it's a long haul, 70 years, but no action. So
1: I would not say, I would completely not even say that, you know, we have not progressed. Yes, as a community, we have progressed. Today, if you go and, you know, do, and the also reason is why have we progressed is today information is available on the tip of, a finger. I do come from where you come from Kapil because I am also a 90s kid so I have seen our mobiles changing. I have you know from a very small Nokia phone to colour, from a black and white TV to today a colour TV, from what you call it, from a Walkman to, to Caravan and then now Bluetooth. So we have seen that changes and even while we were growing and I'm not saying I'm talking about the 90s kid like even when we were growing the word like gay or you know lesbian or transgender were used as a bad word to mock down somebody and therefore when we knew somebody who was different from us or we knew maybe they were gay, we never understood what actually ma- meant to be. We never understood what actually meant to be lesbian. We did not understand what actually it meant to be a, a transgender. and as and when the society is evolving, you, you there will be more sexuality that come into place where maybe even I may not be able to understand. But the point that arises here is that today we are on an educative world where, where information is available, where entertainment industry has made huge progress from only showing heterosexual love to now same-sex love and now towards transgender people. Amazon Prime has released a beautiful series, if I'm not wrong, I think it is Amazon Prime, which is called Made in Heaven and Shrestha, a transgender character, has played a role in the same. So we see now that people are coming to light. I'm not saying that we are 100% open to the idea of still allowing gay marriages in the country. We are not saying that we are 100% open about adoption in this country. We still have a long battle to fight, which is norming anywhere. But yes, our contribution of the new generation especially which is coming now which is also called the gen z Correct. is more aware of their rights is more aware of who they are they are more defensive as well as more confident in themselves which we lacked as a 90s kid to come out and say to our parents and that has always been possible because of the information that we today have in the market today we have book written about lgbtq in the market we have podcasts to listen to we have the youtube to go to to something we do not understand and that is definitely helping us build our inclusive place an inclusive world and moreover where humans are looked as humans.
0: You know, there are platforms like Gacy, Galaxy, publishers uh, also who have now created digitally material and spaces for the people to interact, share and collaborate as well. Is this just restricted to the Gen Z or is it widely available? Uh, I am not part of this community so I'm not aware. I'm just curious to know, you know, how well accepted are these sort of platforms Will the LGBT community in India?
1: What I think is that the LGBTQ community in India and everything that is supposed to be if the information is widely available. And I think I would put it in a rather way, it's not like widely available, maybe for the backward classes yet. And when I talk about this is where digitalization is not reached. When I talk about India is not only about the urban elite, like, you know, one of the comments that were made by debating under, by debating on same-sex marriage, one of the opposition said or one of the party rulers said or in the court, I don't know where, but but it was said that we are urban elite people, that LGBTQ is the urban elite people. Darling, no, we are not an urban elite people. You, we need to go back down to our Indian history. We need to go to this great nation where at one point of time in school, Kam Shastra was taught. And in those depictions, you have sexuality mentioned and all kinds of sexuality. And people had access to it. People understood it in other ways. But today, talking about periods or talking about mensuration itself has become a stigma. And then we celebrated in different Different ways the rural area of this country when I say rural I mean literally literally rural area where digitalization is not yes it is far away from their reach because they do not understand the community but also I guarantee you the most of the love that we receive is from this backward class is from this class where people treat you as people while even in the urban world where today we still have access to a lot of things I still don't want to go and talk about it or read about it because maybe religionally it is not correct you know in our country more than logical it is religious aspects that come into place of you may not know which religion may get hurt by any statement that i am and that reaches the point where where at one point of time you you have to believe that religion and human rights cannot go hand in and that is in the case of the lgbt community because most of the community religiously believes that being lesbian gay homosexuality the act is the sin and when i'm talking about act they mean to say sex but they don't understand that we are all sexual beings at the end of the day we have desires we have feelings and sought on because we are humans and the most of the thing when we talk about this they say oh you need to suppress your feelings you need to suppress and you know maybe become a monk maybe become a priest or maybe go into the ways of god and i would be like hey listen i don't want to do that right like if you have those feelings why don't you become a priest why is my feeling different than yours just because i love the same gender and you don't but that doesn't justify and validate anything on the table so the information is available but how much do we receive the information is the question
0: agreed again i want to go back you know when we were initiated into sex education it was just one way of sex the heterosexuality and obviously that is what was taught to us biologically and whatever in our school and just to be far more inclusive and I was just watching the first episode of Tali as well you know the boy was being ridiculed and laughed at not just by the teacher but the students and his people in the school this is where the parents and the family uh, plays a role in allowing and accepting the person positively is this changing now in our society our parents and the family playing a positive role in the initial formative years where things w- what have been taught are not as per the person's orientation. How do you see this happening or is there uh, any change that we need to bring about in uh, the way sex education is taught in our early I- initiative years of our
1: school? So I think, yes, there's definitely. So we have, uh, India has this parents group of LGBTQ parents which help other parents to sort of accept their children or sort of have and those groups is called sweet where you know, these parents are from the LGBT, their children are from the community, from the right. rainbow community. And they are, if anybody reaches out to them saying, my parents is not ready to strike a conversation or they're not understanding me, you know, these parents reach out and they work intensively on bringing inclusion among parents. And yes, the world is changing with a very faster growth where today parents do accept their children do want to learn more about it, do want to strike a conversation and slowly and gradually where we'll see a place where we don't more have to come out to our parents and say you know this is what I am and they would just know or they would just agree to it okay yes it's okay it's, it's normal there's nothing to be worried about you the only difference is you want to get married to a girl no I'll get you married to a boy you know it's just easy just that simple that like, the step needs to be taken and that is happening in terms of sex education we still need to define what we are teaching in our schools because we feel that talking about sex itself the word sex S-E-X itself is the time somebody years away, like she 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 ram 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 bhagwan bhagwan or what is this you know and kind of thing in a only. but people need to understand if we don't teach them who is going to right. they are going to there are different ways which is available in the market for your children to learn that and that's not good you have pornography which is not the truth you have various number of website today even before you open your app you would have one notification a day which will say something about pornography and you know click the link and visit the page do not think that your child is not learning things from outside so you need to strike a conversation right from your home and school because we are not going to teach them who is going to and to teach that sex is binary sex is always male and female is also wrong because sex is beyond human understanding at some point of time because sex can be male female intersex people people born with various genders and there should be a clear difference between what sex and gender is you know you may be born in a sex but you may not identify with the same gender and that is okay normalizing what you feel about your sex and gender is the key to forward is is the key to make the child or make the youth comfortable in their body maybe yes you were born as a male but now you you feel like a female and that's absolutely okay let the years go and you'll figure out who you are maybe you're born in a female and you may identify yourself as a female but you're attracted sexually or physically towards a female and that is okay you were born as a male and you still identify yourself as a male and you're still you know you still like other boys or you know you're still attracted towards male it's okay so to just say that you know it. It is okay to be who you are, but then education needs to go out right from home and from schools, and the definition of sex education needs to be now called, I think, positive sex education. So that that's a That's a, that's a great
0: thing, but you have coined. I want to understand: are there proper counseling available in India to deal with these issues? You know, during our time it was our friends and peers, or our elder brothers or elder sisters, or somebody who we can confide in and discuss. Are there proper counseling available now to deal and to talk outside of your core group more confidently and confidentially
1: uh, so when we talk yes today we have counseling available we have a larger market of people understanding lgbtq people and and without counseling you cannot even start with your hormone therapies and stuff like that if you want to go ahead with this there are a lot of ngos today working on the mental health effects of lgbtq people there are ngos that work specifically of children who are thrown out of their houses of lg of, who identify themselves LGBT can have a life, can make a life which was not available years back down the line. We have corporates today opening their world to LGBTIQ and you know, things are becoming positive but there's one very important thing that comes up here when you're talking about counselling. There's counselling available, yes. There are also friendly counselling which are available. I'm not saying that every counsellor is trained for an LGBTIQ training or LGBTIQ counselling is also because the way they think about it, the way they feel about it, they also come with their own perspective no matter how much we learn, we always carry a perspective behind the head so there are inclusive counseling as well as there are people who are non-inclusive about the issue but a lot of gain goes out to considering transgender surgeries when i talk about surgeries you know from male to female or female to male or intersex babies who are born with both genitals and they want to have a surgery all these surgeries till today do not get covered under mediclaim and right. they put this out as an issue of you know cosmetic surgery darling you need to listen. we are not doing any cosmetic surgery if i had to do a cosmetic surgery i would do a botox on my face and you know get but for me to changing my gender is also affirming my gender is also saying that this is what now i affirm too and these thing needs to change where also medical policies now become inclusive for lgbtq people they are looked as not anymore as cosmetic surgery but a livelihood i'm sure a female would not go into a sex change surgery it will always be a transgender or a trans man who's going to do it or someone in need so that needs to change that efforts needs to change and there is a real need in the 21st century to have a medical revolution for
0: the LGBT now I'm going to deal with the healthcare part and the medical revolution part because I come from healthcare a little bit later. But that reminds me, you know, when I was a kid on Doordarshan, I think it was Tabashum or somebody's show. I vividly uh, don't remember who the compare was, but that was India's first female to male on the program. And, you know, I was just listening and watching the television. I had my grandfather, grandmother, uh, my parents all around. And I just didn't have the gut to ask, how can this happened from a female to a male what happened he talked about he or whatever the person talked about you know what medically had to go through but I didn't understand at that point in time I was too young and small to understand that what I wanted to bring uh, about is a lot is not yet explained in our medical sciences as well to the doctors there's a lot more even at the MBBS level where these sort of sciences or these sort of subjects are not yet been taught so when you talked about medical revolution. It is still, you know, not at a widely spread level of practice in the medical science in India per se. I may be wrong. How do you agree or disagree with this? Because no. there are only a few mm-hmm. handful specialists who I understand do this. And I remember in that time, this person did not have the surgery, had to go abroad and get it done. Yes. So
1: till date, couple we do have people who go to abroad and get it done, who have the money, who have the willingness to go and do it. Yes, in India, you are absolutely right that we do not have much medical doctor. Doctors who practice it. And then on the other side, also we have doctors who just practice it. Maybe they are some kind of plastic surgery and they would just practice it for cheap. You can in India itself, in any local town or whether transgender community is famous, you can still get a surgery done for 30 to 40,000. So imagine the cost of of the surgery that could go up to 4 lakh is done in 30,000 by creating whatever shape they need. And that leads to majority of the death of trans people if not gone right. Mm. And there is nobody to, uh, there is nobody to question that. There is nobody to question the ethical code of doctors of conducting those surgeries and in other words because they know that there is nothing I cannot go to a police station and say you know the doctor did a wrong surgery and therefore she died and the question would come up to who asked the person to go and do the surgery was there was the need at the first place to do the surgery yes and that leads us with the question that's saying that's where the medical revolution is required where you are not just treating a patient right I may be a patient to you but I'm also human and I need to be aware of what complications I may face if this surgery does not go successful and how much rate do I have when if I should go for the surgery or not because it's it could be a life-taking surgery or no and then when you go to the doctors in the same settings of life it's so difficult for us to you know walk we don't know whether first we need to go to a female doctor or a male doctor when you are not well because whether it was covid or whether it was before covid now things are changing but if you actually ask for the data survey of how many transgender people receive covid vaccination the government would not Mm
0: -hmm. is it because there is no bifurcation of the data or there's no cohort to register said that or it's just lumped but I uh, as uh, whether he says it he or she says C, see and that's how it is uh, determined
1: no so it is there is no data available or even like covid did had transgender as, a, as an option right. but if you look at it i would speak about the willingness to take from my is okay. the hospital going to be inclusive am i going to be treated well in the hospital are they going to treat me well as a human being because there have been time with hiv medicines where, where transgender people are denied giving medicine and say oh you your name is so and so you dress up like a male and then come and then we are going to give it so those kind of discrimination has led has led the community to opt out of the, the way the medical field looks in right So I
0: guess you have brought out very significant point point. one is access to healthcare second is the way this whole system needs to be operated upon looking into the deterministic nature of how the patient needs to be treated or handled the third thing is whether it has to be surgically and then post surgically medically advised and treated, and there are no protocols at this point in time. Do you agree to this? Yes. So yes, that yes. I can probably talk into my industry in the healthcare side of things to understand how this can be regularized and there could be certain protocols, standards, and, like and stuff that need to be probably documented and, and spread widely within the practicing medical practicing community. Yes,
1: and even while we were talking about protocols, we didn't have any protocols when it came to COVID-19 as well. Like we did not know whether which COVID vaccine would suit me well because i am on my hormone i don't know whether whether coven or what vaccine i should go to so that it does not affect my health will it have an impact on my health because i'm on my hormone surgeries or because right. my variations are different so there are no protocols and that protocol itself is a fear of not getting those access and taking the availability of access in the right
0: and do you feel that there are enough endocrinologists who understand the hormone therapy for the community or there are again people who, who are just working on experience of having treated few patients earlier and then they're just trying out in the dark.
1: So I think there are very few hormone specialists who know what they're doing and but they're very expensive again and they Correct. sit in big hospitals. If I go to a normal maybe a normal doctor it is not that expensive. I know the medicine that he would give to me on the tip of my finger. He would give me Dyna, he would give me estrogen and then he would give me few and dead you know blockers for my hairs and yeah and like that this would be sufficient hmm. and he will not even explain that what would be the side effect if I would not take this regularly or what would be the side effect if I took more or nothing. They have nothing to do with our lives. They would just prescribe something and give it away. And transgender communities also learned it from them. So they do not go to the doctor. They directly take this medicine which is prescribed to the previous person because of mm. accessibility. And that's how it has happened because it, it is related to so much shame. It is related to, you know, and then they do not know whether we should take it in a correct quantity because we have to realize yeah, the that the
0: dosing, everyone... age, body, yes. metabolism, there are various yes. other factors. Yeah.
1: And that does not come into consideration. They just write it and community take it. I have been lucky enough when I started my hormones, I had a doctor to explain me, have some blood tests on place, see what would suit me and what not suit me, gave me a complete orientation of the side effects or or the things that are going to happen with me. And then I was able to take a decision on seeing.
0: I would love to get some of the health risks across to our listeners as well. You've gone through this and I'm sure you've done it more scientifically than people who want to probably get into the therapy and invasive protocols as well, what were the risks and what are the things that one should probably need to consider before even embarking in any of these treatments if one has to go forward with?
1: I think there are a few things that people need to understand is finding a correct doctor is very important. Doing a lot of medical search by ourselves because information is available today on the tip of the finger, even if we agree to it or not. Asking people who have gone to similar treatments, seeking help, seeing the side effects that they have or not had. Listening to both positive and negative views of you know how they have felt about this. And more important, being confident in in believing that you know yes we are ready. Because unless and until you're if you're still doubting yourself that whether I should not go no you shouldn't just just trust the process and give it a go and become hundred percent sure. And you also have to be very positive saying that I'll come out of this and I'll go. It also requires a lot of mental strength.
0: You see some of the hormones have a lot of side effect and also could lead to uh, a lot of other you know late stage because these are not tested out completely into humans uh, as well they some of these are actually going into you know mammal and monkeys and all for trials so there are risks and it could lead to tumors it could lead to cancer and stuff like that those are a very huge risk for anybody who's consenting to go on for such treatment uh, were you aware of all these uh, did the doctors make you aware, or are the people who are going for such treatment clearly aware of the risk that uh, they could face to their lives and it could be catastrophic
1: for them? I was aware because I, as I said, I had a good doctor, but most of them are not. Okay, they just take medicine because some of their friends have taken it and going ahead, and that's how the life has been for transgender But isn't it very dangerous? It is, it is, but there is no way of stopping it unless and until we have a strong law in place, unless and until we have we have more education about this unless and until we have more doctors who treats our body as human being and not as any scientist research it's then only will lead to some conclusion here. Yeah but I was
0: reading somewhere even in the in some of our advanced economies where healthcare is very very advanced there too a lot of experimentation has happened and doctors have taken chances but yes with full disclosure with the patient and having patient con- consent on it. Here there is no patient consent it is self dosing and self medication which is even more And could be even very fatal Don't we think that we need to Probably even educate the people That there are risks going in for self-medication And need to be probably Properly consulted and consented Before they start on
1: any such medical treatment Yes Kapil, you're absolutely right But who's going to do this? Like most of the transgender Have left their life on begging on the street And doing sex work Which even makes it difficult sometimes To even get a daily bread Mm. And, And accessibility to healthcare or a government institution becomes more, more difficult because there is already so many people standing in the line and then right. you are different, you will have tons of eyes sharing at you that why is this person here because you look different from the world. You right. cannot afford a good doctor who is an expensive one and, and, and stuff like this. So what else option do you have? And that's why the community leans towards a cheaper option is asking other people what hormones they are taking and then going towards that and take, which is dangerous unless an structure we have something called as a community building for transgender people and where healthcare becomes more easy and accessible as government level hospitals especially for transgender people then it would change the whole ball game together well this itself
0: becomes a separate branch of specialization into medical sciences itself and I'm sure we don't have in as per my knowledge I don't think this is a any specialized institution or research institute in medical sciences actually dedicated to this in India per se I'm not sure about this abroad but to my knowledge it is a multiple branches of medical sciences that have to come along, do dedicated research and have to train the medical professionals to handle such cases, which I don't think we have at all in India.
1: Uh, We do not have, but as you see, there are a lot of research that are coming into place by researchers and I think with time, this is going to happen and this is going to change. But yes, till that happens, we have to keep the hope positive and look forward for a better future for the transgender people.
0: So there are two things, you know, as I get from your conversation one obviously there's a lack of awareness second there's a lack of access of specialized healthcare facilities third there is a lack of apathy amongst the medical treating medical professionals in terms of how to handle such cases as well which is where it becomes very difficult for people who want to take treatment to actually go ahead and access such treatment rather than fall back and go to their friends or peers and just follow the treatment regime that they have followed. And I do not know from where they have followed it. So it's it's a spiraling circle. Absolutely. All right. I want to close this issue on healthcare. It is an important one. And I do have a few takeaways to talk to our healthcare industry folks as well, how we could probably at least legitimize some of the treatment, make access to some of the hormones and some of the medications available to some of the foundations some of the pharma companies have in place so that it is far more safer and can be administered far more legitimately and safely i think this is a takeaway for me from the discussion i have had with you so far for the healthcare industry i want to switch gears daniela i want to talk a little bit about the laws and regulations you just mentioned about it took us 150 years and 70 plus years to change a british law on gay and same-sex marriages Our current uh, chief justice of india is very forward-looking and obviously he is trying to make certain changes to the laws do you are you positive that there would be far more inclusive and positive change in laws and regulation in this country or are you still going to keep lobbying i know you keep going to delhi and meet ministers for uh, lobbying and to be heard to include certain points which are pro lgbt community where do we stand at this point in time on our laws and regulation
1: looking at the way uh, the way the world is moving and our nation is moving if we need to be a progressive country we also have to be a progressive country in thought right. And that goes without saying Any development countries will have progressive laws We are awaiting a judgment And I hope that I will not say That we would at least get equal marriage rights But at least we'll get some law in place Which would at least legitimate or legislate our marriage I would mm. yeah Which was legislate or legitimate the marriage I'm not even talking about equal rights And other rights that need to come But what we need to make here is Exactly what Ambedkar once said And you know, that's a quote that always goes up in my mind Where he said, no matter how much beautiful The law of the nation one would have But unless and until people of that nation would not follow it, it would make any any country could fall apart. And that is exactly where this comes into place is that even if we get marriage, even if we get adoption rights, but unless and until society does not change its way of looking at us, any law that is guaranteed by the court or by the state falls flat. And therefore, it is important to sensitize people around us, to talk about this issue more in the open, to stand by the community and for the community whenever needed and required. And more important to frame. Name a policy when not just talk about LGBTQ rights, but rights of all human beings that ever have, have and will exist. Because what we are going to do today is going to impact the coming future. The fight that we are fighting for today on LGBTQ rights or equal marriage rights is not for ourselves or not for our sake per se, because we have given half of our lives in this fighting. The remaining 30 years, maybe I would not even look at it and just say, you know, I want to enjoy my life, let the coming generation fight for it. But we are fighting this law for the only reason is to make it, so that my future generation of my LGBTQ community is in safe hands, isn't, isn't with, is better than what I have. And therefore, the conversation must go on, the challenging must go on, both from the opposition and for the law. Both have to debate, both have to come to conclusion. But if you look at both the debates, maybe one would say no and one would say yes. We all agree that as humans we need some equal rights. And that has to per se, that has to come into place. And, and for moreover, then whether you're talking about religion or any Law in that per se, it cannot come in the way of human rights. Why? Because we are a country that has dealt, has given the core value of democracy. And in democracy, if any marginalized community is suffering, that means the countries. And even when we talk about a population, maybe, you know, we are maybe 3%, maybe we are 4%, maybe we are 5%, but we are a large number. You know, percent wise, we may be small, but we are a large number. We are contributors to the economic growth of this country. We are contributors to our taxpayers of this country. And as taxpayers, or as a citizen of this country when my tax is legal so should i you have all the right yes tell me
0: one thing you know media is a very huge contributor and a soft power and you've also been doing some documentaries and serials that you're participating in i i I believe you told us as well is that really playing a role in strengthening the people's perception as well and is this soft power not being used very effectively by the community per se Yeah,
1: there is a debate here in in quite a language. But if you see OTT platforms, hmm. they do have characters that play LGBTQ. They are they are more open to the idea of showing gay love, lesbian love, and they're open. But the problem is that they do not have LGBTIQ representation equally. Now, one side is a debate of, of actors can play any role and that does not need to define the community. And one side, the debate is that if you can take heterosexual person playing transgender role, then why can't transgender people play transgender? What are you trying to show? So one side Correct. is, of course, the platform, a soft power, a beautiful space to educate people is showing people of all different kinds of color, races, sexes. But again, representation is a question there that when will representation come? When will will a transgender play a transgender role? Or when will a transgender play maybe a woman's role? Or maybe a trans man playing the hero? So still coming to the mainstream is where we need to still go forward and talk about. We know or maybe we do not know any actor in per se when I'm talking about the love stories of Bollywood. Tell me one Bollywood main movie where you have a transgender playing a role, or an opening playing. Very few. Nothing
0: role. that can come to my mind. And
1: that's exactly the question is
0: where is the representation? I have one question that keeps niggling my mind. You know, on social media now there are various apps that come for dating, for all these. And in that, at least one of them I saw had 20 plus different definitions of a person's sexual orientation, right from asexual to demisexual to. Id- don't know what you can start from a b c d i think you can go up till z as well and then gender pronunciations also have emerged as to how you would like yourself to be labeled is this a good way to amplify your orientation at least on social media and gain acceptance or it is just a way the social media just trying to segment this whole court even further
1: so it's not social media's fault see people have evolved and as i said in my previous thing that there was going to be more there are going to be people who identify differently and like to be called differently. And I think we should be fine with the idea of that because it depends on the person, how they want to get themselves associated with, right? And yeah, so I think they could just go ahead and use those pronouns. While they do that is also because when you call me by the way you way I need to be called, I feel comfortable in those language. I feel comfortable in. and the opposite person is also trying to get a little bit more inclusive in the way of understanding genders. And and therefore dating apps are now change to these pronouns things and stuff like that because I missly like when I speak on the phone I'm, I I missly get called sir, sir, sir and then I, I really get pissed I'm mm. like just my voice cannot define me you know whether I'm a male or a woman you don't know anything about me Correct. and therefore calling me what I need to be called is very important because we have always heard the phrase saying that you know treat people the way they want you to be treated right and that is absolutely and that's
0: where you get your acceptance
1: yes but that is absolutely wrong saying for me it is treat people the the way they want to be treated, not you want to be treated. Treat me the way I want to be treated. If I say that I'm a woman to you, I'm a woman to you. I do not need your opinions and views about me. So treat me the way I want to be treated and that's what inclusivity is all about. You accept the opposite person the way they are, the way they want to be. You have
0: had very strong points, both personal and views about the community and what should be happening. I want to now peel one more layer of onion and start a personal rapid fire round of questions before we close this. So Daniela, I want to know Who
1: is your role model? My mother Great And what's your life inspiration? To create a world With equal spaces With equal opportunities. How do you deal with difficult people? Just ignore them
0: <laughs> What's your message to the pride? Be yourself And what's your message To the politicians and regulators Of this country And the world? Ignore the serious matters in the country Okay, last Have you thought of starting An app for your pride? Like Bumble for pride or whatever I would
1: rather call it Dumble for pride Why Dumble? Because we are heavyweight Weightlifters lifters of what society has to give us all the
0: day <laughs> daniela it's an interesting chat that we have had on various subjects and there are far more subjects that i wanted to cover but we have come to the end of our time for the podcast it is very inspiring to see you take this whole thing forward with the type of experiences and people that you have come across in your life i'm going to be promising a few things and this is on the podcast to reach out to my healthcare industry folk to see as a cohort what can be done to ensure safe medical practices and delivery of care to the community so that's what i'm promising you on my podcast today and to the community at large i will definitely be writing a little bit more about it as well on my blog to put it publicly where i have reached out and what i have been able to achieve in the process by talking to some of the healthcare leaders and pharma company leaders to ensure that there is a safe healthcare operating environment to the needs of the community as well. But before I go, i like to thank you for your time and your inspiration and your candid opinion on what needs to be done to the community at large. Stay blessed and I would love to extend the best wishes from our listener side as well for you to grow the pride. Thank you, Kapil. Thank you. Lovely talking to you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.